This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Ruchem Aboim, B'Shem Irgin Shira Torah, Moses Boston. I'd like to welcome everyone to tonight's Shir. As I mentioned every night, Irgin Shira Torah lies on the support of the Tzibar to bring the Shirim to the community, sponsor a Shir, give you a donation towards the Shirim, where Irgin Shira Torah's annual dinner is coming up Wednesday, August 16th. Perfect opportunity to put in an ad in honor of Rabbanim, whose shirim you've, you've enjoyed, or to help support Rabbanim's Torah, Irgin Shira Torah worldwide. Call Irgin Shira Torah at 718-851-8651 or email tapecenter at yeshivanet.com. Tonight's year is exclu- exclusively sponsored by Elam Shame. The Elin Hashomlis, Gershon Yosef ben Avram Zev, Yitzhak ben Yeshua Yosef, Avram Zev, Vishim and David ben Gershon Yosef, Chayabas, Gershon Yosef, David ben Shloim, Shloim ben Moshe, Chaimuri ben Yaakov Yisrael, Baruch Yaakov Yisrael ben Chaimuri, Mordechai, the Yaakov, the Rivka Miriam, the Mirobrocha, the Yecheved, Bnei'em Shel Rav Chaim Yitzchok, Menachem Mendel ben Zalman, Meshachem ben Shloim, Yem Tobas Meir, Simes Tobas Chaim HaKoyin, Tonight we have the cover to have with us once again, noted speaker, Manal of Arnava, Rabbi Zachary Wallenstein, speaking on the topic of the great chase. Rabbi Wallenstein will be with us in one moment. Um, as a Mishnah, we want to talk about Aaron Akayin, because today was his yard site. Okay, here we are. Hillel the Shammai Kibbu Mehem. Hillel Aimer. Habimit Tamid of Shalaran. You should be of the Tamid of Aaron Akayan, whose yard site was today. Ayyem Shalom. You should love peace. You should love peace. We'll try to explain what that means. Raydev Shalom. You should run after peace. Ayyem Habriyais. You should love all of Hashem's creations. Jew, not Jew. Human being, you should love all of his creations. Umakarvin la specifically by a yid. What does it mean to love a yid? What does it mean to love someone? What does what does it mean? Shalom, Raydev shalom, Ayev shalom. The the and this is the objective of my whole speech tonight is not just making peace between people, as we know that Aaron Akoyin. Right, saw two people and they were fighting, and he went to one and he said, "Your friend told me he's mamish feels so sorry about what he said about you and about the whole fight, and he really wants to come and ask Mashiwa, but he doesn't know how to approach you. He doesn't know how to say it, but it's mamish bothering him." Then he would go to the other one. He would say, "Oh, your friend told me he wants to he wants Mashiwa, and he feels so bad. He doesn't know how to approach you." And then each guy met each other in the street, and he's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. I'm Mashiwa." And the other guy's like, "I am." And he sort of made this up, Aaron Akayim. Okay, so I'm not going to go into tonight about making things up to make peace. We know HaKadosh Baruch it's a different drasha because people sometimes, you know, they say, oh, a, a white lie to make shalom. So I'm going to go and, and I'm going to do something I shouldn't and then I'm not going to tell my wife what I did wrong because you, you're, you're supposed to change the truth. And I, I, was, I, I went somewhere I wasn't supposed to and I come home and I tell my wife that I was sitting in yeshiva learning. What's wrong with that, Rabbi Wallace? And I did it for peace. So it can be very miscontoodled that, like, you know, we know Akash Baruch who did it, by Avram Avinu, Hashem went to, to, to uh, Sarah, and Sarah said, I don't believe I'm going to have children, my husband's too old. And then Akash Baruch who went to Avram and said, your wife said that she's too old. It wasn't true. I think I spoke about this maybe a year ago or two years ago. But Shalom is really MS, okay? But then people, after that, they just started making up stories to make Shalom you can't do something wrong and then make up a story to do it right. That's not what happened over here. So, so, but, but, but you see what happened by Aaron Akayan, right? He made up a story. The guy never said he wants to be Muslim. The other guy never said he wants to be Muslim, right? So he made up this story to make peace. That's fine. Now, you can't do something wrong and then I'm going to lie about it because for, for peace. But this is something very different. Okay. So he used to do this. And it says that's why when he died, Faisal cried much longer than they cried for Moshe Rabbeinu because he was the peacemaker between husband and wife. And between friends, and therefore, Yisrael loved him very, very much. Okay. Now listen very carefully, because this is really my point. And this is very hard, 
and this is very important for our generation. If Aaron knew a person, that was doing he became a very close friend with the person that was doing Averis. There's a kasha on this. We know how to in Russia, right? But our Akoyin did this for a reason. So he was mischaber with him. Umaraloi panas and he didn't look down on him. He gave him a, a smile and a warm smile. But Yoisha Adam is and when he treated him in such a beautiful way, the person that was doing them various became very embarrassed. If this tzaddik would know what I'm doing, he would never even shake my hand. He would never even talk to me. So what Aaron HaKoyim was doing, we call this something that's very new, and it, Mamish, I can tell you as a Rebbe, and, uh, and a Chinuch, that it works amazing. It's something that came to be about five years ago, and it's called positive criticism, which is an oxymoron. Every speaker wants to use that word in one speech. There's a, a couple of words that we like to use. Oxymoron's a big word, right? Because it's actually, it's actually, if it's criticism, then it's not positive. Wrong. This is the origination, this Bartanura, this is the origination of positive criticism. I did not say, well, not me, but I'm just saying, the, the person who's mischabed with this Russia, who's a tzaddik and worked on himself, never criticizes the Russia. He makes him uncomfortable because, oh my gosh, this love, right? I went to Rav Chaim Kainevsky for a bracha. I was there for my birthday. I went a couple of weeks ago. And you know, when you walk in there and you sit down and you shake Rav Chaim's hand, it's like, Rav Chaim knew what I did. He would never shake my hand. You think he doesn't know what you did? He knows what you did. <laughs> you feel embarrassed. It's an interesting thing. You don't feel embarrassed from Hashem. Many, many, many years ago, there was a very big tzaddik, a very big makubal. His name was Machluf Lasri. I knew him very well. He actually wrote the Kameas. He was so Kaddish that, that he, he wrote the Kameas for Baba Sali. Baba Sali didn't feel he could write Kameas. He was so Kaddish that he, he used to write the Kameas. He's a big tzaddik. He was, he was the Sheikh in Morocco, whatever. He was a very, very big tzaddik. And he had a Kayach that when you walked in the room, he Mavish knew everything you did. It was, ma- it was crazy. It was the scariest. I, I, I haven't gotten very close to him. Because at that time I was like a, we call it an SIT, I was a spook in training. And I wanted to learn all about this, this Kabbalistic world, whatever it was. But he didn't even look at your name. He didn't look at your name, no tricks, no nothing. You walked into the room and, and he knew everything. And it was very scary. And I'll tell you a story that happened. I might say it happened. I saw a lot of stories I could tell you tonight. But I'll, I'll tell you one story that happened with him. So we walk into the room. And I had another person with me. First, I had, I had a young guy with me. He said, this guy was a, a 16-year-old kid. And he walks in with me and he doesn't even let him get to the... Like, you walk in the door and he says, you shouldn't even come in. In your house, in the third drawer, on the left side of your bed, you have terrible magazines and filth. And I'm standing there, I'm like, how does he know what's going on in this guy's drawer, whatever it is? And this kid turned, not white, he turned green. He mamish turned green and he walked out of the room he was mama shaking and I was like because we don't realize that there's a tail there's a we, we, our eyes don't see our eyes the more you see in this world it says when a person comes when he dies so he sees from one side of the world to the other the eyes actually constrict your ability to see because your neshama sees everything everybody's neshama in this room right now She's everybody else's neshama. And it's very important that when a person gives Musa, we're going to learn about it today, that when a person gets up to speak about something, he better have conquered what he's speaking about. Because every neshama in this room knows exactly what's coming out of my soul, what's true and what's not true. How do you know that? If you ever read the stories about the Dibukim in the times of the Chafetz Chaim, or before the Chafetz Chaim, 
the people were very scared to walk into the room because the Dibbuk would say every Avera that that person did. How did the Dibbuk know what, every, what, what Avera I did? How does the person know? Because the Neshama sees everything that's going on in the Neshama. So if you think you could fool someone else's Neshama, you can't. So if you get up, if I were to get up here today and talk about Lashon Hara, and give you all Musra on Lashon Hara, and I'm about Lashon Hara, in the end, even though you might walk out of here and say, wow, what a sheer, what a story, whoa! In the end, you won't change. In the end, you won't change. Why? Because the water, this is brought down in many svarim, I've seen it in many svarim, because the water that I'm feeding you, that I'm giving you, is polluted. So your neshama is getting polluted water because I, I'm, I do that avera myself. So, again, this is a very important disclaimer. This is a very important disclaimer. So if I talk about Lashon Hara, and you walk out, and you're like, wow, and then two days later you're talking Lashon Hara, oh, Wallerstein talks Lashon Hara secretly because I didn't change. So that's not always the case. But a person who speaks who's mochiach, other Jews, if he himself is a orangutan and not avera, in the end, they won't have a refuah from what they're doing. So in a shama, you know, you and a shamas know if I'm real or if I'm not real. You will not know. But your neshama knows that. And therefore it will affect you. And therefore a lot of, specifically music, okay, this is a very big subject that I deal with kids about, Goyesha music, right? So what's so bad about Goyesha music? What's so bad about Goyesha music? I'm not talking about the rap stuff, the garbage. In the old days, you know, my days, you know, Simon and Garfunkel, and we were allowed to listen to them because they were Jews, you know. So we figured, you know, Yeshiva Shagaz, they're talking about the sound of silence, it's a mission in voice. there's nothing better than Shtika, yeah, you know, whatever, you know, we had all our excuses, the Beatles, whatever, all the different, so what was so bad? I didn't, I didn't understand what was so bad about it. There was no curse words, there was nothing talking about girls, there was none of this stuff. So, and, there, and everyone screaming, go your music, go your music, and television at that time was black and white, it was Superman, what was it? It was nothing, it was, it was no one there, it was Jackie Gleason, it was, it was nothing. Nothing there. There was nothing there, and, then the, and my Rebbe's telling me, "I played the Zora box," and I'm watching the Little Rascals and Superman and the Three Stooges. And my Rebbe's saying, "I played the Zora. Throw out that played the Zora box." And who understood? Who understood what that is? We don't understand because the the the, the neshama through the eyes and through the ears of a person it has a huge effect on you by the people who are creating that. Hollywood is creating that. They are mushchas, right? You're watching what they're creating. It's an effect on you. I didn't. I did not agree. As a child growing up, I did not agree. I'm a musician, I'm a drummer. I did not agree with my rabbeim who told me that this rock and roll that I was listening to, which was very kosher, that it had an effect on me. So it was like one of the hardest things as a musician to give up was rock and roll music. And today, our kids, like people, oh, I found my daughter, she's listening to, to Goyashi music. Today, it's mamish, not normal what they're listening to. It's not normal. You should never, you should not have to listen to it. But in my high school, the girls are walking around, they're jumping up and down, and they're listening to the stuff, and they have these two earbuds. So sometimes I'm like, can I hear what you're listening to? What are you listening to? So they give you one earbud to put in your ear. And you listen to this guy, you know, kill your brother, then kill your mother, then go kill another. And I'm like, <laughs> and now you're coming to my class for a shear? And Hilchis, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> like, what do you, so today's stuff is Mamish Treif. It's interesting. I never saw it. But I heard a rub once got up that there's a Zaya, I didn't see it, I didn't really look for it that much, but there's a Zaya that says that when Adam was thrown out of Ganeiden, Hakoshbachu asked him, said to him, you can have you can't take from the Eitzachaim, you can't take from the Eitzandas, but you could take any other thing you want from Ganeiden. And he said, I want music. And that music actually came out of Ganeiden. And that we see this I did see, I saw Medrash Ramba. Right? So their music came out of Gehenna, because whatever comes out of Ganadin, right across the street, is Gehenna. So the other music that I was listening to in that earbud, that's from Gehenna. And, all, and there's other music from Ghanaian. I'm not going to get into Jewish music, the marches, they're Russian, they're this and that. I, I'm, not, I'm not for entering the Jewish music that's taken from the Goyesha world. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something very fascinating. I spoke about this a few weeks ago. I talk a lot about music because one, there, there, are, there, are, there are two big questions. Big questions that kids ask me. One, what's wrong with Gaish music? The other one, what do you think the number one question of our kids is? What do you think the number one question? All day long I have this question. What's wrong with talking to a boy? What's wrong with a girl talking to a boy? Show me the halacha. Show me the halacha, Rabbi. Right? 
So there, why do you have to cover your hair? So we have in sight the, the whole thing that she uncovered her hair. It's mashma that she covered her hair. Right? We have our answer. But the one question nobody has an answer to is, show me where it says, right? So it says that you shouldn't talk to an Isha. In the end, Saifa Ligahanim, it's a Mishnah. Mishnah is not a halacha, Rabbi. It's a Mishnah. Now listen, these are kids that have a question. You have to have an answer. So does anyone here know? Did anyone here ever see the halacha? About a, a, what's wrong with a boy talking to a girl? There's a halacha. I'm going to teach you something fascinating tonight. Okay? Let me go to the music first, then I'll show you the halacha. A halacha is in Yisaydei Torah, the Rambam, Perak Hay, straight and clear. And you need to know this, because if they ever ask you, so I'm talking to a boy, new, what's the end of the road? What's the big deal? I'm talking to a girl, what's the end of the road? New, we didn't do nothing, we're not going to do anything. I'm, I'm texting, I'm texting, I'm talking to her on the phone, I, didn't even know, I never saw her. She lives in Argentina. And I'm talking to her, Rabbi, what's wrong with that? I'm going to show you tonight, you're going to have an answer. Well, let, me t- let me go back to the music for a moment. So, I'm not telling you I'm pro Shlomo Kalbach. I'm not pro Shlomo Kalbach. I did not know him. I didn't know what he did wrong. I don't know what he did right. But I'll tell you something I do know. I always had a kasha. There's, there's no one in Jewish music as big as Shlomo Kalbach. What do I mean that? Every Shabbos, that's all I hear. L'chadoidi. Roshoshani Yom Kippur. When the guys are sitting in the bungalow colonies and they really want to get really, really spiritual, it's all Kalabach. Unless the Shul Asr Kalabach, right? There is no one bigger on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, L'chadaydi, Kedusha, Zmirais. No one bigger ever in Jewish music that it's Mamish Mikhaim. But, but Shlomo Kalabach, the, 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 right? But he did this wrong, he did that wrong, whatever. I'm not judging him. He's in Shemayim. I'm not here to say he did something wrong or not. But Lemaisa, what's the secret? What's the secret? That a man made up all these beautiful nigunim and that in the most Kaddish Dicker day of the year, in the most Kaddish Dicker places, they're singing his Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and L'chadaydi. Thousands of Jewish people are singing L'chadaydi and his Kedusha. In shuls all over the world. And then they even have Kalabach minions. I give a bracha to Shweki. One day there should be Shweki minions. But <laughs> all the other guys that left out are not going to be angry at me. But seriously. Marcha and David minions, whatever. I don't want to get into trouble. He's a friend of mine. So I heard from one of the men, actually, that was in his choir on the west side, that he called his choir together and he said to them, if you want to be in my choir, you are never allowed to listen to a non-Jewish song. And that Shlomo Kalbach said to them, in my life, I have never listened to the Beatles or to any Gaiusha song ever. And this boy, who was a boy at that time, asked him, why not? And his answer was, I want my nigunim to be in the Yiddish world. And if there's a shemetz, a drop of the Goyish music that's going to affect me when I write my music, it'll never have legs. It'll never exist. He never, ever listened to Goyish music. And if you listen to his nigunim, you realize there's just nothing Goyish about it. It's totally heartsick. Again, I'm not telling you should you shouldn't listen, but if you listen to his music, when I sit there in the in the bungalow colony, these guys are singing by by an Einik Shabbos or Malava Malka. It's not normal. These things have an effect on us. Music has an effect on us because your neshama, if it came from Ganeiden, and how do we know this? You can't bring a carbon in the base Hamidrash. Without the Levium striking up the band. Without them singing. What, what do we need Levium in the base of Mikdash? I'm in the, I'm a client. I'm in the holiest place. I'm in the holiest place bringing Korbanas to Hashem. I need a, a guy standing there with a whole band? A bunch of guys singing? If anything, it's disturbing me. And the Teretz is that it's so spiritual 
That in the base Hamidish, in the Makam Hamidish, at the holiest time, when you're bringing Korbanais, the Levim have to say Shir. And every single day, we sing, or we say, the Shir Shalyayim. And not only that, it brings down in the Medrash, that Chavakuk, it's brought down in Chavakuk, that he and all the Nevi'im could not get Nevi'is without music playing in the background. The only one that could get Nevi'is without music playing in the background was Moshe Rabbeinu. So music has the Koyach to take you spiritually in the clean, holy way in the Beis Hamikdash, in Nevi'is to the highest level. So if it can take you to the highest level, chas v'shalom, if you're listening to the wrong music, it can take you to the lowest level. And here I am in my high school with a bunch of girls that aren't from, that have gone through terrible abuse, that have been on the street, and I got to talk to them about music. And they don't want to hear anything about Jewish music. So I'm going to tell you what I did. First of all, it was a very big tzaddik. This goes back about 20 years, maybe a little bit more, that was that lived in Yerushalayim in a one-room apartment. It's a very big makubal, a big tzaddik, Yerushalmi. And every Matzah Shabbos, he made a Malava Malka. And at this Malava Malka, he lit 126 candles. It was unbelievable. And the guys from Mir used to pile in. He used to make a, a real big Malava Malka. He used to pile in because it went around that if you go to his Malava Malka... Three times you have a chazaka and you and you want to get married, that year you'll get married. So of course <laughs> it was packed. And I walked into this room, because again I was studying, trying to study a little bit what's going on with Kabbalah and all these Mikubalim. So I went to him on a Matzi Shabbos. And his face was Elio Novi was in the room. It was Mashwalava Malka with Elio Novi. I looked at this man's face, it was glowing. He had nothing. He had a kitchen, a bedroom, and one room in one room. He had nothing. And all these candles, and it's 150 degrees there. And I'm just looking at him, and I'm like, I'm in amazement. So I went over to him, and I said, Does the Rav, would the Rav mind if I would come tomorrow morning just to talk to you? No problem. I come the next day. He's sitting and learning. He has a cassette tape next to him. And it's playing, I don't know, like a choir, Perche choir at that time, whatever it was. And he's learning, and there's music behind him. And I sit down, and finally he, he sees me, and he stops learning. He turns off the tape. I said, that doesn't disturb you? He said, when you learn and you have music behind you, that medium takes your learning onto a higher level. I saw after that, written in, in the Arizal, written in many places, that when you learn Taira and you sing it, and you sing the Mishnayis, and you sing the Gemara, it's on a way different level, Lishma, that you'll be able to keep it, the level of the learning, he says, Beferish, you have to sing your learning. And there are many guys in yeshiva, I remember when I was, that, that my was used to sing, they disturbed me, right, when they were singing, but um, but they were singing and they were on an unbelievable level. So the, the, the music and singing, it's 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 an ashama thing. So, how am I going to teach this to a bunch of girls who are living in the rock and roll world? So I did an experiment. I walked out of that room, that's when I stopped listening to Goyeshi music. When I saw him learning with that music, I understood that if that's the medium to take you to a higher place, even though the Goyesha music I was listening to didn't have bad words in it, it was, it was written by Goyim. It was written from the entertainment world, which is, which is Sadaim. After I stopped listening to Goyesha music, I started understanding learning and Taira and Nigla and this stuff that I never understood before. So you don't, have, you don't realize that you're in a fish store. Smelling from fish till you walk out. You know, all the guys that stopped smoking, <gasps> my clothing smells, everything smells. I have a friend that just stopped smoking. All his clothing he changed, got rid of. Because they couldn't, as much as he took it to the cleaners, they couldn't get the smoke smell. I, for 30 years, it didn't bother you. You stunk from smoke. I always told him, you stink from smoke. didn't bother you. The terrorist says, he was in the smoke. Once you walk out of the smoke, it's like everything smells. So once I stepped out of Goyesha music, I realized, whoo, what an effect it had on me. But when I was in it, oh, what's the big deal? Huge effect. So what did I do? I said to the girls, this is what we're going to do. This is a true, true story. I said, we're going we're to bring in a big boombox. Bring me your worst rapper. 
the worst chaya that stands there with a million chains and gold teeth and looks like he wants to kill everybody in the world. Bring me your, you know, your iced tea, your 50 cent. It's a 50 cent Jews. We don't work for 50 cents. It doesn't, it's not what I think. And they, they brought their worst rap music. I had this big boom box. I said, okay, we're going to play this for the class, but you're going to close your eyes. And you're going to have a piece of paper. And the minute the song finishes, I want you to open your eyes and write what you saw with your eyes closed. Okay? So, we put up this music. I was like, whoa. Screaming, scream. They like to get screamed at. Scream. If I raise my voice at them, Rabbi, what are you raising your voice at? This guy, yelling, screaming at the top of his lungs. No problem. Okay. We finish. The music stops. Open your eyes. Write down what you saw. I'm, I'm, I'm standing in front of a safe tire of an Arnakaitish. I'm telling you exactly what they said. Despair. Darkness. Savagery. Murder. Every dark word. Depression. Every dark adjective that exists was written on those papers. Okay. Now we're going to play Mama Rachel. That's what I did. We played Mama Rachel. Now, if they had to sit through it, their eyes closed. I said, the minute you open your eyes, tell me what you saw. Hope. Light. One girl wrote, I felt like a seagull floating over the ocean. Every adjective that you know is positive. Hope. Help. Unbelievable stuff. I said, look at your two papers. When your eyes are closed and you're thinking, and you're listening to the music, every time you listen to that music, that is what's going through your brain. Now you had a chance to write it down. Do you understand that if continuously, continuously, this is going through your brain, you don't realize it because your eyes are not closed and you're not concentrating. And every single day, all you hear what's going through your brain, darkness, despair, death! That's what you hear all day! Because the minute you close your eyes, and you're writing something down, that's what you hear. And you listen to it, and you listen to it. You think that doesn't have a subconscious effect? Because music is part of your soul. I said, if you listen to Mama Rachel and it's hope, all of a sudden you're a seagull. I mean, you're a seagull floating over the ocean. The effect that it has on you, that you don't realize that when you listen to positive music, what it does to your soul, and when you listen to negative music, what it does to your soul. And how do I get to this whole subject? Because our souls are very connected to what's going on in the physical world, but because you're physical, you're disconnected. So the big tzaddikim, the more they're disconnected from this world, the more they see. So Machlo Flasri was totally disconnected. We had, he had what's called the third eye. He wasn't even in this world. So when he's not in this world, what world was he in? He was in the spiritual world. So when you walk in, he doesn't see a physical. So this guy walks in with me, and he starts screaming. It's a true story. He starts screaming at this other, this guy that walked in with me. Take the shiksa out of here. I'm looking. Which there was no shiksa in our car when we got there. He's screaming. Don't come near me. Don't come near me. Take her out of here. And I'm like, and my this guy that's with me, he's like, what? What? What's going on? I hop what was going on. So he's very shaken. He and he wouldn't let him in. He wouldn't let this guy in. I said to him, Did you ever do an avera with a shiksa? He goes, Yeah, a few times. I'm like, he sees her, not you. And if you learn anything in Kabbalah, a shiks is a klipa. A klipa, what's a klipa? Is the peel on the orange, right? The peel stays on the orange. So this guy ran to the, he had a, there was a mikvah there, he runs to the mikvah, and he goes to the mikvah 310 times. He goes down 310 times. If you can figure out the, if you can figure out the gematria, you can figure out the gematria. I'm not going to tell you the gematria, but you can figure out the gematria. What's 310? He goes down 310 times. He comes back up. He comes back up. His mom is shaking. He think, you think I got rid of her? I'm like, no. <laughs> so he walks back in and he yells at him and says, don't you come in here with her. And I'm like, how did he see her? And I said to the Rav, I said, so you have to help him. He said, Mikvah? Do tshuva. I'm jumping into the mikvah for. Do tshuva. So if you think that your soul, and we're going we're to we're talk about this now, 
that your that your soul is not seen. So I said to him, "You're so scared of going to machlof." So he sees what you did. You know what you did. Why don't you do tshuva? It's not about machluf. I said, you can stand in front of Bezdin, right? That's what they said about the Shvatim when it came to Yosef. You can stand in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You know what you did? You need him to tell you what you did? You have to do tshuva. Our Akayim was on such a level. It was such a tzaddik that he saw right through you. Just like Rav Chaim. He saw right through you. And automatically you did tshuva because I'm in front of such an unbelievable person. He sees right through me. He sees what I did. Did he criticize anybody? I want to claim. No. He raised himself to a level that a person felt bad. How could I be close to such a tzaddik if I'm such a balaveira? I have to do tshuva. I have to come to that level. A guy's talking in shul. You're going to get up and criticize him and yell at him? You think it's going to help? It's not going to help. But you're going to sit there and you're going to dive and you're going to have kavana. And when he goes up to the Tyra and he gets an aliyah, you're going to over to him and say, that was one of the nicest brachas I ever heard. You're going to be like, what? That was one of the nicest brachas I ever heard. Over will be down to the Ahmed. That was beautiful. He's going to go home and say, I'm a chayta. How can I be by the Ahmed? People think, Hashem, people think I'm davening beautiful. People think I'm good. I'm rotten. This guy became my friend if he only knew. It's an unbelievable taich in this Mishnah. Mekavin. What, what's the Ava? Mekavin Latira. Everybody thinks it's the psychology of our generation. It's let your kids do whatever's wrong. Yeah, let them do it. Help them do it. You're taking them to the worst place in the world in the next world. That's not what you're supposed to do. The Mishnah says what you're supposed to do. What's Shalim? What's Oyevus Abrios? What does it mean to love your child? What does it mean to love another person? You think they'll let them do whatever they want? You're going to go buy them the things that they shouldn't have? You think that's that's Oyevus Abrios? Says the Mishnah, that's not Oyevus Abrios. What's Oyevus Abrios? Stop giving them things that are no good for them. You love them? You want to bring Shalom to them? Bring them close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Be an example, such an example that that child will say, my father's such a tzaddik. How can I do this? And he loves me and he's taking me places and he talks to me. And I'm such a low life. How can I be such a low life with such a father? Wow. Positive criticism. Positive criticism means when a parent tells a child, you're amazing. He has to be amazing. You can't make up stories. The toughest girl I ever dealt with in my life was on a tish above night. I never met a girl so angry. She had so many piercings. If I would have had a magnet, I would have never gotten rid of her. She was pierced. She was tattooed. She hated Hashem. She hated everybody. And I think I've said this story here. And I didn't know how to get her because I didn't know, I didn't know how to talk to such a person. I never dealt with such a person. And she cursed Hashem in front of me with a four letter word. And she cursed every rabbi. She cursed every Jew. I never met someone so angry. She was 14 years old. A little kid screaming, blank God! With a guy in the street, I want to knock his head off. How dare you talk to me like that? This kid screaming at me. I'm like, Hashem, help me. I don't know what to say to her. And Hashem, help me. And I looked at this girl in front of all her friends, and I said, you're amazing. <laughs> she said, don't give me any of that blank. I'm like, no, you're amazing. You want me to tell you why? She said, yeah, tell me why, Rabbi. And I said, I came here tonight. It was Tish above night. It's got to be... 15 years ago, it was Tisha B'Av night at 12 o'clock. I went to Judah's place where, for kids who were on drugs who were now coming off drugs. And they're all leaning in because this girl is challenging the rabbi and if she wins, they're all gone. And I look at her and I'm like, no, you're amazing. She goes, yeah, why am I amazing? I'm like, because I came here tonight to prove to you that there's a God. 
and you already know it because you've been cursing him all night. So I told her, what are you saying? I'm saying, you didn't get up here and curse Martians or people from Neptune because you know there aren't any. You are cursing God. So you know what? You know there's a Hashem. You just don't like him. Okay. You're not the first one that doesn't like him. You actually hate him. Hate and love? Very close. I said, believe in Hashem? You know how many kids don't believe in Hashem? You should give the share tonight. <laughs> Done. Walking out at 4.30 in the morning, she turned to me, she goes, Rabbi, I'd like to ask you a favor. I'm like, sure. I want to be a chavrusa. I said, I don't think so. <laughs> Not a chavrusa, but if you want to learn together, and to make a long story short, today she's... <laughs> She's more firm than I am. She's married to this Siddhisha guy in Eretz Yisrael who bakes for Badats the Matzis. She's got four kids and she's a Mora in Eretz Yisrael and she gave me Musa the last time I met her. And Wallstein, a guy like you, a Rebbe like you, she calls me Rebbe. She says, Rebbe, a person like you, how could you go back to Schmutzlaritz? She's very big Eretz Yisrael. How could you go to Schmutzlaritz? How could you not live in Ir HaKadoshah? You'd be so much smarter. Don't you know the ear makes you smart? I'm like, Abby, you're pushing it. So I told her that she was amazing. Instead of telling her, you look at you. I told her she was amazing. Now she had to live up to it. So when you give a person a compliment, right? When you focus on the good of your child, you focus on the good of your wife. Your wife focuses on all you women up there. You focus on the good of your husband, right? Then when you tell them you're amazing that you go out every night to learn, then even if he comes to share at night, he doesn't learn. He's talking to his friend. All of a sudden he's going to say, you know what, my wife, we have, to, we have to start learning. You know, my wife really thinks I learn. And she's so proud of me. How could I not learn? How could we sit here all night and just talk and go out? And It's called positive criticism. It's amazing. A human being himself can become positive criticism. Aaron Akoyan just walked around and he shook someone's hand. The guy's like, oh my gosh, Aaron's shaking my hand. If he knew what I'd do. I'm reading you a Mishnah. It's not right wall of me. I'm reading you a Mishnah. Okay. Then he says, that I'm doing, he would stay away from me. That forces him to turn to the good. Okay. That's the mission of Pirkeyavis. Now for the, all the ones that ask you about what's wrong with a boy talking to a girl. Okay, listen to this. Hilchus, you say there, Tyra, should write this down. Parak hey. And he says the following. Mi shenasan enav b'isha. Somebody who looks at a woman, and he becomes lovesick. But not the lovers. His mom is dying. I gotta have her. And they bring in all the big doctors. And the rest of them say, the doctors say, Ain, Lo, Refua, there's nothing that's going to heal him. I'm not going to translate the word, but you all know what that means. Until he's with her. So the doctors checked him out. This guy is really so sick, he's going to die. Unless he's boil her. Zotaramam, Yamos! He should die! And he shouldn't be boil her. Okay, you all know the Gemara. You all know this Gemara. It's not a new Gemara. Because what is it, everybody? It's Gilea Royas. The married woman, you want to be boil her? Too bad. It's Gilea Royas. One of the three things you have to die is Gilea Royas. Huge Kiddush! Says the Rambam, Ba'altivalo, he can't be Bayaha, Afilu, Haisa, Pnuya! Even if she's single, what's he doing wrong? Send her to the mikvah, and everything will be Kawacha. It's not Gilad Royas, she's a Pnuya. She's single. Never been with a man. Even if she's single, let him die. What are you talking about? How could you let him die? It's not Gilead Royas. It's not one of the three. You can't, you can't let someone die unless it's one of the three. No, you think Rambam. Ladies, listen to what the Rambam thought of you. No, listen carefully. Afilu, no, you think. 
Afilu, no, this is Tess, and I have read this, and they have nothing to say. Afilu ima. He says, okay, 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 she's single. Let me talk to her. I'm not going to be boil her. I'm not going to touch her. I, I just want to talk to her. From behind the mechisa. Okay? If you, if you let me do that, I won't die. I'll, I'll get better. So what do I want to do? I want to talk to a girl who's single. I'm not going to touch her. And I want a mechitza. And I want to talk to her through the mechitza. What's wrong with that? So the Rambam, Ein Mayrin La Bekach. We do not allow him to do this. The Yamas! Let him die! The low Yaru Ladavi Ima Mechira Hagedner. Do not let him speak to her from the other side of the Mechitza. Um, does anyone here understand this? Let him die? The guy wants to talk to a girl on the other side of a machitza? Not to touch her. He doesn't even see her. He doesn't see her. He just wants to talk to her. Says the Rambam, let him die. Why? This is what I want the ladies to hear. Why? Why are we going to let this guy die? Why don't we just let him talk to her? It's not Gilead Arroyo, it's by a long shot. It's like the Rambam, ladies, listen carefully to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what he feels about his daughters. Shiloh Yehei Benois Yisrael Hefker. The Jewish girls are not Hefker. You want to go talk to some girl because you're going to die? This is not, this is not what we do with our girls. The Jewish girls are not Hefker. And talking and letting them talk with the Mechitza. Soon the Mechitza won't be there. Soon they won't be talking. They'll be doing other things. Says the Rambam, we're going to let him die because our girls are not out there to play around. We're going to protect our girls. We're not going to help them talk to boys. We're not going to buy them the iPhone. We're not going to bring the boy into our house to be with our daughters. Better to let him die. You can get up. It's Robert Wallstein. How could you say that? You sold this. You're, you're, you're. Go fight with the Rambam. I didn't write it. Hilchis, you say day, Tyra. Allah is of the foundation of who we are. Our girls are not out there to be talking to boys or hanging out with boys and we're definitely not going to help them do that. That's for sure. We're going to do whatever we can to stop it. That's how a Kaddish Baruch Hu looks at the Bas Yisrael and Klai Yisrael. We'll protect her. We'll let the guy die before we let him talk to her. So now you Once again, Parik Kapitel Ches. I'm sorry, Kapitel Tess. That's the level of who we are. And that's the level of our girls. And that's how we have to look at Abbas Yisrael. And I'm not doing any advertising. I just came down after I was a little bit late from the ranch in Bethel, where Baruch Hashem, we opened up a place for Jewish girls. And every time I open that refrigerator... And it's full of golden flow milk and all the kosher food. And I opened the freezer and there's Satmar chicken and everything. I have been in Utah and all the other places and I have opened the refrigerator. They bought a little kosher meat they got from New York and there's shrimp and there's lobster and there's chazer feet. And, 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 and we have chasidish girls there and they're eating chazer trays and they're eating bacon and eggs in the morning. And, and it was like, do you understand how the Torah looks at a Bas Yisrael? We'll let a guy die before we'll let him talk to her through a mechitza. Do you understand how sensitive Kosh is about his children, about his daughters? So when a kid comes to me and says, so what's so bad about talking to a girl? I'm like, according to the Rambam, it's, you're better dead. 
better you die than you talk to a girl. What are you talking about, Rabbi? I'm like, let's go learn. Let's go learn. It's there. I didn't write it. But it's not because of him. Everybody here should listen. It's, it's not because of him. It's because of her. It's not because of him that we're scared he's going to do an Avera. No. They're not, they're not Hefker. A girl's not Hefker. You know what happened to David Amelech? Do you understand what happened to David Amelech? David Amelech, with the fight, when he had the whole fight with the giant, with Goliath. So Goliath, he, he only injured Goliath. Goliath went down with a, with a rock in his head, but he wasn't dead. He only injured him. So David Amelech had to chop his head off. And the problem was that Goliath's sword was locked. And his sword carrier had the key. And he went to the sword carrier and he said to him, if you give me the key and you become a gare, I will allow you to marry any Jewish girl that you want. That's the deal. you got to give me the key. You know who that was, anyone? Anyone here know who that was? Who was the sword carrier? Nobody knows who the sword carrier was? Okay, we'll keep it to the end of the story then. So, he said, you got a deal. You got a deal. So he gave him the key and he opened it up and he took the sword and he chopped his head off. But Sheva was Davar HaMelech Zivug. That was his Zivug. But Sheva was his Zivug. Why did he lose his Zivug? Because the, the, the guy with the key, that was Batsheva's first husband. The one that Davar HaMelech sent to war. And the whole thing that David Amelech says in Tehillim of what he did and what he did wrong and he needs kapara and Hashem should forgive him and it's his avera. That whole thing happened because our Kodesh Baruch, the Medjur says, the Medjur says, why did it happen? You made Hefker my girls. You told this guy that, it's a, I'll show you the Medjur. The Medjur says this. You told this guy he could have any girl in Klaistral? Who are you? So you made him Hefker? So you're Zivik he's going to get. Beferish the Medjur. You, you said he could have any girl who are you? If it says, you made my girl, my girl's Hefker, you're gonna lose your Zivik to him, and then we know what happened, the whole story. Jewish girls are not Hefker. We need to protect them. Not let them go talk and get, buy them the iPhones and buy them all the stuff and buy them the jeans and buy all this garbage and this whole, this whole therapeutic movement of, of, you should help them do Averis. Help them do Averis. We're gonna, this guy's gonna die! We're gonna let him die! Understand? We have to protect our girls. So we're going to end the Kavayasha. Kavayasha explains the mission that we just learned. The mission is telling us something unbelievable. You want your children to behave and you want your children to be Kadosh. You have to be so Kadosh that they're going to say, I, 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 I'm ashamed of what I'm doing because my father, he's such a real, he's such a really good guy and he loves me. How, how could I, how could I fool him like this? He loves me so much. How can I shake his hand? You have to be so cuttish that the guy in shul is like, why is he my friend? He sees me talking in shul and he still, and he still comes over to me and says, good Shabbos, shalom aleichem. And I'm shaking his hand and I'm like, so ashamed to a point where he's going to stop doing wrong. They wanted to live up that they could go to Aaron Akaya and feel good about shaking his hand. It's a level. You have to work on yourself. The, the Musr you give someone is the example that you set. Stop talking. Stop being mochiach, people, by talking. Be mochiach by people by setting an example. I don't want to talk about myself, but I'll just tell you a story that happened with me. No, I, it's, 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 it's a, it's, so I'm a big hockey fan. I'm a big Ranger fan. Many, many years ago. Now I'm not any fan. Too old. It's just not worth it. But I was a big Ranger fan. The Ranger, Rangers were not in the Stanley Cup forever. We were waiting and we are waiting for these guys spending all these money going to these games that we get to the playoffs and lose. Get to the playoffs and lose. And then one year, they get into the Stanley Cup Finals. We're going to get the Cup. People who are not Ranger fans think I'm crazy, but Ranger fans was like, this was... Mashiach, the Rangers, I don't know which one, we'll see. We, t- we said like this, Mashiach, wait till after the Stanley Cup, because you're never going to get another chance to win. If you come, then we never got the Cup. So, you know, it's like the Yankees in the World Series, like Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, they're like, Mashiach, we want you, but just let the, they're in the World Series, like, well, let's, let's, let's finish. Okay, so anyway, 
So I went, so it was a very big game, and a, rain, a, a hockey game starts at 7 o'clock. So this guy that I invited to the game, I had two tickets, crazy game, crazy, we had, I had two on-the-ice tickets. I don't know what they were worth. I got them through a business guy. It was like $5,000 a piece. You, you couldn't get into that game. You could not get into that game. And I, I invited this guy to come with me. A from guy, but never went to shul. Doesn't go to shul. Doesn't go to minion. Minion's not important to him. And it's like a quarter to seven, and we leave Flatbush, and I stop by Landau's. That time Landau's had the tree growing in it, you know, the Eschheim in the middle of the middle of Landau's, right? So it was a very interesting show. But anyway, I stopped by Landau's. He goes, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, I got I to go to 7 o'clock Minion. He goes, you crazy? The game's starting at 7 o'clock. This is the game. I know, but I don't miss Minion for anything. So you crazy? I'm like, you can sit in the car. You don't want to go. But I'm going into Minch anyway, so you might as well come down. So we went to Minch. So we first left at 7.20. We didn't get to the game. We missed the whole first period. He was freaking out on the way there. I can't believe you. You're such a Ranger fan. So you would have missed Mincha. You could have died by the Kaisel, you know? I said, you don't understand. I don't care what it is. If there's a billion dollars, I don't miss Minion. You don't have. I don't miss Minion. So we'll come. We'll see the last two periods. He could not... He could not understand that somebody was willing to miss, to miss 20 minutes of a hockey game, of the hockey game. He couldn't understand it. Okay. So I went to Mincha, came back, went to Myriv. Fine. That's about, I don't know, whoever the Ranger fan, I don't even remember what year that is. It's got to be 15 years or more. This guy, when did they win the cup? 19? 1994. 94. So how many years are we now? We're at 17. Okay, so this happened 23 years ago. This guy, is he here tonight? I don't see if he's here tonight. This guy has not missed Minion in 23 years. He said, from the next morning, Shachris, until today, not only that, he's in business, he flies backwards to California because of the hours to make Mincha. He says, Zechariah, I have not missed a Minion in 23 years. I didn't give him a sir. I didn't say a word to him. I said, if I'm here, you might as well. He said, I knew that you're a nut, crazy, Meshuggah and a Ranger fan. You were willing to miss the first period for Mincha? He said, Zach? He called me Zach. He said, Zach? I said, if it's, if someone like you, it's so, who's such a fan, who's not such a from, you know, like, uh, you were willing to miss the Ranger game? He says, I never knew that there could be such a thing. He says, he has not missed Mincha. He's like a crazy Mincha guy. And he's finishing Shishi through the mission because he learns by dominant, whatever it is. Did I give him Musr? Did I tell him anything? Did I tell him you're wrong for never going to Minion? I just went to Minion and I showed him that, how important it's to me. And that's, that's positive criticism. He saw how important it was to me. And therefore, if your kids see how important Minion is to you, if your kids see how important Hashem is to you, so many of us, we talk about learning and Minion and everything, but we never talk about Hashem. So they're like, what does Hashem have to do with anything? I know the Gemara. I know about Pat. Where's Hashem in the Gemara? Yeah, once in a while they mention him from a Pasuk. I know Abai, I know Rava, who's Hashem? I once gave a shiv with the people that were very modern, and I kept saying, when I finished, someone came over to me, a lady came over to me and said, who is that? <laughs> I never saw that written anywhere, because it doesn't say Kodesh Baruch anywhere. So, so they have no idea. So you, you need to set an example. You need to say, we want to thank Hashem, go out by the door in the morning. See, look how beautiful it is. I could see, I could hear, I could touch, I could feel. Talk Hashem, Hashem. Let them hear it. Talk about Hashem. Talk about Hashem. You know how, you know, I feel so guilty. I'm disconnected to Hashem. My parents are so connected. They're always talking about Hashem. Set the example on a level. That's what we're saying. On a level. That 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 you really love someone, if you really love someone, I don't care all the therapies and all these, these things that people are following. Okay, it has no basis in the Torah. There's a mission. The mission says if you love someone, If you love someone, what does it mean to love someone? Not to buy them a bicycle or a movie or a television or a pair of pants or drugs or cigarettes or or give them schnapps. That's not loving someone. He says, There's no machloikas. You love someone, bring him close to the Torah. Bring him to Hashem. Bring him to Ganeid and don't take him to Gehenna. Don't help them do things that are wrong. 
tell them to do things that are right. It's a Mishnah. It's not me. It's not me talking. It's a Mishnah. It's a Mishnah about Aaron Hakoyen, whose your site was today, whose Rosh Chodesh of the nine days. Why is it Rosh Chodesh of the nine days? We're going into the nine days. There was Sinas Chinam. There was free hatred. So like the Mishnah, if you love someone, the opposite of Sinas Chinam, bring them close to God. Bring them close to the Torah by setting them an example. Two more minutes. Kava Yasha. I'd like to read you Kavayasha, just a little part of it, in Parakeh. And this is what he says. He continues on our Mishnah. There's no more love. I am coming tonight anti all these people that say that loving your child is giving them whatever they want. I didn't see that in the Kavayasha. I have not seen it in any Sefer. But I want to tell you what it means to love your child. When someone sees another Jew doing something wrong, that he's doing an Avera, you have to tell him he's doing something wrong. Because all of us in this room and every Jew, our souls are tied one into another. The person who knows what the other what the other people are doing, he knows what happens to a person after he dies. He knows where the neshama is going. He needs to tell his friend about it. Maybe through him, his friend will change. The Yazav Daka Harasha, and he'll leave the bad way. And he talks about the Neshama of, per, of people that don't, that never rest. I'm not even going to, I'm not, I'm not here to scare anyone. But I want to go down, all the way down. He talks about the Arizal that he saw Neshamas in the trees, in Tzvas, or whatever it is, and he, and he brought them back. But he says the following. She'elah Neshamas, the Neshamas that are lost in the next world. If you daven for them, you're able to bring them into Gan Eden. Because the tzaddik davens with kavana. Well, I want to get to the main point. We see that when the tzaddikim daven, how it helps these neshamas that are pushed out of there is no, you give people, poor people, you go, you do, you go to Chaylim, you, you help Camp Simcha, you, you do all these good things. Actually, there's no bigger Gemilas Chesed. Why? Because the next world is the real world. And if you save someone physically on this world, I saw the Zayar on Pasha's Truma, and the Zayar says if someone is dying, I showed this to someone who was a big Baal Tzedakah who said it's impossible. And the Zayar says that if someone is dying, he has no food. And you're either going to give him food, or you're going to take a child that's off the derech and bring him back to Hashem, as he says, take him from the dark king and bring him back to the Shekhinah, let the person die, Zokta Ariza. Why? Because the Pani who's going to die is going to go to the next world, he's going to go to Gan Eden. But the Russia, Hashem's child, who's going to end up in Gehenna, will end up, Chas Shalom, not even in Gehenna, because Baruch has to watch his child suffer, his neshama that he sent down to this world, because Baruch has to watch that sh- that neshama suffer. Do you understand, says the Zoya, the pain of the Shekhinah, when it watches is its children suffering Gehenna or Chatzushalom the Kafakela even worse the Ani will come to the next world they'll go to Gan Eden this is not the world and someone who gives tzedakah to Aniyam said to me that Wallstein is impossible good friend of mine and I took out Pasha's Truma and I'll show it to anyone who wants to see it very clear if you have a choice you should never have such a choice should come you need to say Vakarish Baruch Hu's child the biggest Gemilas Chesed yes it's nice that you mevake Chayla it's nice that you're giving food for Pesach. It's all very nice. But it's for what? 70 years? 80 years? That's it. But if you take an Hashem someone who's off the derech and you bring him on the derech, it's forever. He says to Zoya, you bring the king back, his child, from the dark king. Because Baruch Hu walks around Shemayim and says, this person saved my child. 
He gives you the keys to every, he says, to the doors that Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov don't have. So he says, if you really love someone, you really love a child, and you really love a Jew, don't let him go to Gehenim. Don't help him go to Gehenim. Save him. Rabbi Wallstein, how could I save him? I don't even know him. I definitely can't go over and talk to him. There's a tefillah. And you say this tefillah in Hashivenu. He writes from Ufanecha, Hashem Elokeinu, Ulukei Avaseinu, Shetachte, Chatiru, Mitachas, Kisei Kavadecha, Lechubas, Plaini Ben Plainis, get their name. V'chol ha'oivrim ha'metzvech, and anyone who does Averis, Yuhupach Levavom, change their heart, Lasech, Ritzayin, Chobalei, Vashalem. Ki yemit chapshut elakavu shalom. If you can't talk to them, there's a tefillah in hashivenu. There's a tefillah in atochelim odas. He brings down that when you say atochelim odas, if you know this person who's off the derech, have their name in mind, and before you say the bracha, bracha to Hashem chenin odas, say Moshe ben, whatever her name, whatever his Moshe ben Leah, Hakadosh Baruch give him the das to see you and to find you and to change. Bracha to Hashem chenin odas. So if you don't have the koyach to talk to someone, and you don't have the koyach to set an example, we all have the koyach to daven takarish And he ends, and he says a bracha, we should all have this bracha. I'll tell you therefore, his ayuru, his ayuru, wake up, wake up, achai, my brothers, v'reyai, and my friends, lasoit kol echad ve'echad kifi yecholto tshuva ketana, do a small tshuva, ula harboiz b'maisim toivim, Find out your name and daven for your friend. He says, it's going to be like the sand that holds back the yam. The yam of these mekatrigim that are against us. And I, I, I don't have the time. I started late and it's very late. He brings what happened in Eretz Yisrael. He talks about all the stuff that happened, that just happened in Eretz Yisrael and everything that we're going through, cancer and all the stuff that we're going through. And he brings down over here, that, that's mamish, the chitzainim, the, the, the chitzainim, the more avarice and everything else, the, the more power that they have. And he said they're like waves in the ocean. And what holds back the waves in the ocean? Klaus was compared to Chol Hayom. Not, we all think of Cholayam that like billions and billions of us, they're not. There's eight million of us. It doesn't seem like the bracha came true, right? We're not like a Cholayam, the Muslims are like a Cholayam, no. It says Cholayam is not about a number. Cholayam, they should be like Cholayam, they should be the beach that holds back the ocean. That holds back, we should be the beach, the Cholayam, that holds back the ocean from taking over the world. That's what Cholayam means. And that Koyach comes from bringing Cholayam closer. So the Mishnah on a Koyan, on his yard site, like the Mishnah, if you want to show your love, Makavim Matayra. Then bring him close to the Torah. And don't ever give up. Don't ever give up, everyone. Don't ever give up on a kid. Don't ever give up on a marriage. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Because you, you, you don't know where, like, you know, it, it, it says it's very interesting. I went to Alaska and there, there are a lot of, I like to learn about, I love the, I love animals and things like that. But there's a Zaya that I saw about the ocean. And I talk to my girls about it all the time. The Zoya says that the waves, why do we have waves? Waves, you go to oceans, waves, waves. I think it's every six seconds, every eight seconds, there's another wave. He says, why are there waves? So Zoya says, because since the beginning of the world, it was all water, then I should have separated. So the water wants to go back to the way it was before creation. So the waves, and sometimes you see angry waves, right? They're coming to take over the earth. And every wave has a malach. So the wave that comes to take over the earth, he hits the beach, right? And then he gets pushed back. You can stand by the ocean, you can see it. Go to Seagate, right? Gets pushed back. That malach of that wave tells the next wave that's coming in, forget about it. I was just there. There's a beach. It ain't happening. So the Zoya says, so then why does that next wave come? So he says, the malach of the wave coming in says, it's no Zoya. says, just because you didn't make it, doesn't mean I can't. And this happens every six seconds of the Bria. Just because you can't, doesn't mean I can't. Wave after wave after wave after wave, malach after malach after malach. What are you wasting your time? There's a beach. We're not going anywhere. So what? You didn't make it. It means I can't make it. All night long, all day long, all day, all week, all year. Millions and millions of malachim saying, just because you can't make it, and you got pushed back, doesn't mean I can't make it. All of us can make it. Every Jew can make it. We're the Chalayam. 
set an example. If you really love someone, set an example. They will change because of you. Show them your love with positive criticism. Tell them how special they are and how valuable they are, and that they could do, and, and find the good point that they could do anything. This is the nine days we need to bring Mashiach. We need to bring Jews in, not out. The Chavroni, I was a little boy. I don't know. I was in Chavroni Yeshiva. I was maybe seven. My father used to go to Eretz Yisrael. He got up and he said something. I didn't know what he said. I asked my father, and my father, the Chavroni, said, "Kein Besser Hakadosh Baruch Bring Mashiach, can Besser Yidin Betnerzayin. It's not going to get better, Hashem. You got to bring him now, because by the time you bring him, there may be nothing left. So you got to bring him now. And we have the Kayach to bring him. So what's the real Avas Chinam against the nine days, against the whole destruction of the base of Midrash? The Avas Chinam, bigger than anything else, bigger than any Chesed, bigger than anything that a human being can do, is to bring Hashem, his children, back from the dark king. Maybe all be zeichet to see that happen, Ricardo. Thank you. Shame, Egan Shir Termos is possible. I could give a big yeshikar to Rabbi Wildstein for the inspiring Divrei Cyrus. Rabbi Sai, another kar that you have is to help Egan Shir Termos continue to publicize and disseminate these shiurim and the Divrei Tyre and all the inspiring words here tonight to the Tzibur at large, to the public participating here and worldwide by sponsoring a share and by giving a donation to Igneshire Torah, call 718-851-8651 or email tapecenter at yeshivanet.com to have this great school. So I'd like to thank the sponsor of tonight's share, Be'elam Shem, Nishmas, Ol, and Nishamas, who announced the start of the share. The CD of tonight's share will be available shortly. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.